Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Right now. Darren! You know, Andre DuPont, the old Philadelphia Flyer tough guy, was nicknamed Moose. And you being a tough guy. Right. But in hockey, when I was younger, another player came across the middle and made the most devastating check I've ever made in my life. Take off the helmet, and it's a girl. And so the coach laughed at a boy, Moose, just like the Moose. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is, right? The one sports show where roughing is encouraged. <laughs> How about that? Happy Friday, everybody. Fun here on the Rod Peterson Show. Rod's taking a day off. You can believe that. Rod Peterson's taking a day off. Off to the mountains to find the turquoise water, Lake Louise, Banff. He's doing all those things, and he's uh, he is into the weekend already, and we're happy to have you along here for the RP Show on this Friday. Lots to get to today. Uh, I'll run through the guest list uh, first. Uh, Mo Khan's going to join us from Montreal. On the heels of that Montreal Alouettes loss, talk about Trevor Harris. Uh, we're going to talk about where the Alouettes are at. They've had a lot of turmoil this season, uh, including a change at coach. We'll also talk to Mo about the Montreal Canadiens, who have also had a wonderful offseason. Um, it's been really busy. They've made some noise. We'll get Mo's great on the Montreal Canadiens as well. Justin Dunk will join us as well uh, later on here in Hour 1. Um, Dunk from 3 Down Nation will up the rest of the weekend in the CFL. We're going to get into NFL training camp details with Justin, and we might even talk a little university football. We definitely will more in hour two when Darren Bombing joins us from Bonfire Sports Winnipeg uh, to get a look at the Bombers and preview this weekend's heavyweight belt between the Bombers and the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday night. Jim Mullen, the president of Football Canada. He's been busy. Football Canada Cups. He's been at the U18s all over social media, handing out trophies. Jim Mullen will be along uh, later in hour two. But let's bring him in. Lee Genier, the new COO of this whole organization, is uh, joining me off the top here and maybe a little bit later on in hour two. How are you, Lee? I'm fantastic. It's Friday of a long weekend. It has been it's fabulous. Absolutely. What is it? What's the weather like in Calgary? I know it's been a couple weeks since I've been in been in town, but it's going to be 30 degrees here in the sweatpants capital. Beautiful blue skies. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's 32 degrees here today, so I'm going to find some water and uh, cool off today after the show. So. Uh, perfect. Well, I'm going to be like one funny, of those bear, um, one of those gr- grizzlies and just go find a pool. Just go, yeah, bask in the in the water and in the sun. I love. It. Um, it's funny being on this side of the chair. I mean, I'm still in the same spot. Everything's still the same. I'm on the other side of everybody's. Um, but, you know, again, it's funny because hosting the show is a little different. A lot more responsibility. I brought in a second monitor here. I've got the text line opened up. I've got the YouTube chat going. So we say good morning to everybody, to Wayne and Monty and, and Christine. Monty, miss you, buddy. Good to see you in the chat, Monty. And, uh, um, you know, Randy's watching as well. So this is pretty great. Um, 
got everything set up here. But every every day I get all locked in. We have a great conversation with Rod, just like you know on the screen, like you and I did. And then these guys go to the three minute countdown screen that what we'll see on YouTube. And every day at that time I get up and leave. Okay. And it probably drives Jordan and Clark nuts. They're like, he's leaving now. Don't know if I'm coming back. What happened? But it's a routine now. It's become a routine. So every day, the last thing I do before the show starts, I've got three minutes. Go. Sure, the hair is good. Make a cup of coffee, which I've got here. Brand new coffee. But, you know, I was just thinking about that I was doing that when I was hosting and probably not the best. So much more at the controls here to hand. That's, uh, we're off and running. So it's going to be okay. Fantastic. Good. Uh, today on the show, we will get to a little bit of everything. But Jordan, why don't you hit the quick six show topics and let's get into last night's game. Okay. There it is. All right. We got it. Thursday night football in the Canadian Football League. And everybody's talking about Trevor Harris, the quarterback. Situation. Hamilton beats Montreal 24-17 in the Thursday night game. Uh, a big win, but they're talking about the end of that game. Trevor Harris takes a hit from the former UBC Thunderbirds, Stavros, Katz, and Thonis. It was flagged for 15 yards, and the concussion spotters pull the Alouettes quarterback out of the game. Harris had played pretty well, 288 yards. He had a touchdown pass. He was trying to engineer the comeback. He gets yanked. Dominic Davis comes in. Final moments of that game. Throws the interception. Alouettes can't finish the comeback. They can't tie the game. I know it's part of the business lead. Did the concussion spotters get it right? You saw Trevor Harris on the sidelines. He was pissed off, right? He didn't want to get pulled from the game in that moment. Um, you know, and I know player safety is so important. But what was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a fine line, obviously. Um, he did get pulled, you know, when he was upset. You know, you could see the look on his face because they had an opportunity to tie that game at 24. So, I mean. Um, from his perspective, yeah, he would have, would have wanted to stay in the game. He's a competitor, um, and, and really, you know, show what he's got and, you know, to get pulled at that moment. Uh, but you know, when the league is instituted, of course, those, um, in the concussion protocols for a reason and, um, and they obviously saw something that maybe we don't, and I've been part of, you know, obviously part of sports for a lot of years and, and guys played with concussions. So um, it, it is a real fine line and uh, they probably, you know, made the right call and pulling him uh, even though he, uh, Trevor Harris would have thought that was awful at the time. So, and, and taking the loss as well. So. Yeah. It's never a good, especially when you lose, but it brings us to the game tonight where catch Cody started was off the depth chart and you know, he's dealing with the MCL injury and then he's and, and is he 100%? We don't mess around. The concussion's a little bit different. We don't mess around with the brain injury. Very careful. We've seen the guardian cap, right, in the NFL. And Rod and I were talking about that earlier this week, practicing with those. It's all about reducing injury. But how much, you know, do we need to take these decisions out of the players' hands? And, and how much do we need to let the players make their own decisions? You know, we're still looking at Cody today, uh, potentially playing tonight. Yeah, and you know what is is players are always going to some degree play hurt. I mean, it's a rough game. So, um, and when I say that, you know, you're going to play with, you know, you're not going to feel your best. But you know, it's, um, you know, like with with Fajardo playing tonight, um, you know, I'm sure that he is going to, you know, be in a spot where he's saying he's ready. Is he 100? percent Probably not. Again, you know, Craig Dickinson doesn't want him to get hurt. Nobody wants to see him get further hurt um, down the road, right? So I'm sure they'll be monitoring him and, um, and see how he does in the first quarter, second quarter, and probably make a decision at halftime, right? So, I mean, football players are, you know, and just professional athletes are natural competitors, right? So they'll they'll uh, they'll fight to the end generally. Cavalli's watching on YouTube. We'll go to the YouTube comments because I've got it pulled up. Um, Cavalli says, better to pull him and be wrong than to not pull him and he's permanently injured. 100% right. That's, that's with all the injuries, you're absolutely, uh, you're absolutely right about that. 
Um, more into the comments. Kirk's watching, says, good morning, Moose. Bo's watching. Good morning, Saskatoon. Good morning, Bo. Um, Jeffrey Townen uh, is in. Randy, Christine. It's going to be 36 degrees in Medicine Hat today. So um, how about that? Busy, how about busy that? day. Or, uh, how about that? One in Medicine Hat. How about that? 36 degrees. Um, going to be wild. So we'll get more on that. We'll talk to Justin Dunk about uh, that one. But um, point two. Friday night football. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the BC Lions tonight. Rod's commentary this morning was about that game and about Cody Fajardo playing. And the first time that Rod can remember in a long while where the Riders at home were an underdog, one and a half point underdog to the BC Lions. And the story of the CFL, I think, is still Nathan Rourke, but he's been able to lead. Um, no thoughts on yeah, I mean, he, um, Nathan Rourke has been lighting it up, right? So, I mean, the, uh, you know, going into Mosaic, I think it'll be a little bit of a different game tonight, um, to be quite honest. And uh, I think that whenever you're playing home in Mosaic, it's uh, going to be a different le energy level too. So, um, I know the Lions are our favorite, but um, you know what? I'm going to go with the Riders tonight taking this one. So, I think um, the Riders secondary are going to be tough on uh, on Nathan Rourke tonight. So. I love it. Taking the Riders as the one-and-a-half-point dogs in this game against BC tonight. And Friday night or Saturday night's Winnipeg and Calgary. That's the heavyweight matchup. And that brings us to our Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question. Which game, and I don't know exactly, Clark, if you can tell me how it's worded, but which game means more? Which is more intriguing to you? As a fan, is it the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in BC battling for positioning? Who's going to enter that top tier in the CFL West? Who's going to, you know, take a step back? Or is it the battle for first? You know, Winnipeg and Calgary. Um, vote now on YouTube, on Twitter, I believe. Um, I don't know if we have any early results, do we? Fifty-six percent saying Winnipeg, Calgary. So it's very close to fifty-fifty, and that's what you wanted of a poll question. Divisive. Uh, which game are you looking most forward to, Lee? Is it Saturday night's clash for first? Well, you know, I, I'm looking forward to both of them, but um, yeah, tomorrow night is going to be a huge one. Obviously, I, you know, I think the Stamps put out a release that they uh, they were at about twenty-five thousand tickets. Thirty. 30 it's going to be thirty degrees here. And, um, you, you know, the Stamps have something to prove having lost to the to Winnipeg last week. So um, I'm going with Calgary tomorrow night. And um, I think it's going to be a hard, hard fought battle tomorrow. So That's going to be a fun one. I still took Winnipeg and we played deal or no deal earlier this week. I got to take the Bombers until somebody beats them. I'll be wrong at some point, but uh, I'm rolling with Winnipeg um, in that one on Saturday. Okay, moving on. Point three, the Toronto Blue Jays announced a $300 million renovation. Talked about this a little bit with the Rashman, but I wanted to talk to you about this, and we were talking about it this morning because you've been in those front offices and, and ran professional sports teams. Um, what was your first reaction when you saw that there was going to be a $300 million renovation to the Rogers, uh, Rogers play? Yeah, well, Rogers is getting dated, right? I mean, you know, built in 1989. Um, you know, when Ted Rogers bought Rogers, he bought it for $25 million, which got it for a song. So it is it is due for some renos. And since you know having the Argos move out there, they haven't really, they haven't made any renovations. So they need it to make it a more uh, baseball park specific, as and that's what those $300 million are really um, taking us towards, which I think it's great. Um, you know what, if, if you are commanding a top dollar from fans to go watch a game, then you need to uh, make some improvements to your stadium. And like I say, fans will go uh, to a premium and pay a premium, but you know, they want to go to, um, to a premium stadium. And we know around Canada, we have some old state stadiums, uh, McMahon Stadium, obviously, uh, about 101 years old. Um, so, you know, that is really important just to keep your fan base happy and uh, intriguing, right? It's uh, it's like doing renos on your house and all the 
the new shiny toys that they'll put in there as well. A hundred percent. And you, you, I mean, talking about Calgary having an old stadium and how much as when you're running a front office, do you hear about the quality of the stadium from fans or do fans, you know, tend to block out that and, and it's more about the experience. How much does facility experience what you do in the facility? How much does that weigh into the experience and the feedback you get as, as an organization? Oh, you get a ton of feedback um, for sure. I mean, when when I was running the stamps, you know, we had fairly archaic system in there, you know, in, in lack of washrooms. I mean, when the stadium was originally built, it was built for 20,000 people. So, you know, when, you know, people again go into the game and they want to grab, you know, a drink uh, and they want to use the facilities, they want to be quick. And sometimes you were hearing stories of uh, it taking a quarter for people to do that and missing a game. So, you know what, fans, again, they want easy access. They want to be able to grab a beer or pop and a hot dog quickly and get back to their seats, right? So uh, I used to hear about it all the time. And, uh, you know, and people want to enjoy themselves when they're going to a game, right? That's the whole impetus of going to a game is it's going there, making it easy, getting food service in the seats, um, getting the beer in your seats, and um, and enjoying. So that's um, you know, again, going back to where stadiums and the front offices, man, they uh, they need to click on that for sure. Totally, and I and I know we we're running up against it, and hopefully we'll get you back on here in overtime. But um, when you're when you're thinking about that, it's a lot about dollars in, dollars out, right? And you know, we've talked about that with with Edmonton and the Elks running the pregame concert. That they'd sell any extra tickets because of you know quantifying those results. You know, are the Jays going to see $300 million in, in added revenue because they've made these upgrades? Probably not all at once. But over time, it's going to improve the experience and you hope. So how much, you know, how much long-term thinking is there still in sport? Because I've seen so much of it is, you know, everybody's really short-sighted. We have to do something today that's going to bring in dollars today because I'm not worried about having this job 10 years from now, Right. But this seems more like a longer term play. Yeah, it, it is for sure. And I think you always have you have to keep your eye on the future because you know when you're building fans, fans are not built overnight. It take it's a process in any sport, and uh, you always have to be looking to, towards the future. And you see in the U.S., I mean, they blow up literally brand new stadiums to build a new one, right? So, um, and you see what kind of attraction to you know the fans have when you have a new stadium. Uh, it's great. It draws fans out. So it is hugely important. Like I say, there's the wins today and then there's the wins five, 10 years down your strategic planning as well. So, um, you know, it is hugely important. I'll leave it on this. Don Mitchell says that's why our phone rates are so high. We got to pay for the Skydome Renos. So, but on phone. Maybe, maybe. Don't not. get me started on that. <laughs> Lee, we've got a list a mile long, and we barely scratched the surface, so we'll make sure we have an extra long segment at the end. We can get into a few more of these things, okay? Okay, I look forward to seeing you back here in overtime. Awesome. Thank you to Lee Genier, uh, our new COO and co-host of the RP Show as well today. We've got lots going on. The text line is open, 902-518-3033. I'll jump into that coming up, and we're going to go, I believe, to Montreal next and join... Mopon. That's all ahead. It's the Rod Peterson Show here on YouTube Live, Game Plus TV, and wherever you get your podcast. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Rod's got the day off, so Darren DuPont in the chair here. Text line is open, 902-518-3033. Get your texts in now. We'll get them on the air for me, one of our next guests, or for Mo Khan, who joins us from TSN Radio in Montreal. How are you doing, buddy? 
I'm well, Darren, uh, a little bit under the weather with uh, science infection, but uh, we're better for the weekend coming up. Okay. All right. You know, <laughs> I didn't tell you this, but I'm going to be in your city this weekend. Uh, Leanne are and I really? are coming out. Yeah. As a, as a three or four day little stop before we head over to Niagara for the Canada games. So what's good. Tell me what's good this weekend and uh, what's new in Montreal. I got to see. Well, it depends, Darren. What, what do you want to do in the city of mine? <laughs> you know what? I, I like going to old Montreal. I like, I honestly, I just want to eat bagels and, uh, and drink coffee and all the cool spots you guys got there and, 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 and hang out by the water. But um, I'm so going to miss give you, the, uh, it's not the rock. Go ahead. I was thinking two places, right? Uh, Cafe Olympico okay. in old Montreal, one of the better coffee okay. spots in the city, Cafe Olympico. And if you want bagels, you're going to have to leave old Montreal, though. You have to go to St. Vieter yeah. for your bagels in Montreal. That's the number. I, I, I've been there every single time, man. That's the spot. I, I totally get it. And the market up in Jean Talon, and we'll do tourists, man. We'll do it all. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be pretty good. How is the city of Montreal doing today? How did you describe the Alouettes? I was trying to look at it. A, a crisis club at halftime um, and nearly smell like roses at the end? Explain. That, that's what they are. The, the Alouettes is your... Darren have been a team that unfortunately coming in a lot of question marks. We knew Kahari Jones was on the hot seat and, and unfortunately lost his job a few weeks ago uh, with Daniel Trojan taking over now. But this team, at where they're at at this point of the year, two and five could very well be two and six with Winnipeg coming in next Thursday at Molson Stadium. Uh, they have to get their ducks in order. And in yesterday's game against the Ticats was a perfect conclusion of how it was for them that, hey, at the end of the day, they couldn't get the points early and often in the first half. They made a run in the final eight minutes of that football game. If they had maybe four or five more minutes extra, they'd probably be the tie cats in that in, in, in Tim Hortons field. So I think now people are going to ask questions like, can they win this football? Can they win more football games in a rather weak East Division as we speak? But they can ill afford to lose games like they did yesterday to Hamilton and almost nearly lose to Ottawa last Thursday in Ottawa. So they got to clean up some stuff here, uh, Darren. If they do that, they might be a better team going towards the second half of the season. Obviously, everybody's talking about the way that game ended. Trevor Harris getting pulled, and he was visibly upset, and you can understand that. And, you know, Dominic Davis comes in and throws the interception. But it's not like they were leading the football game or even tied, and he threw a pick six to close it. They were trailing in that football game and still weren't doing enough. So where do you put the blame here? What, what's wrong with the Alouettes, and how do you fix it? Well, you know, yesterday the O-line did not play well. They gave up five sacks. Um, that can't happen. You know, you, you're playing a Ticad team that they're a bit banged up, but, you know, with that, that front four for Hamilton is pretty good. And we saw that uh, yesterday for what they did to really control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. I think also when you think about this team right now, it's Gina Lewis and everyone else for the receiving core. So the, he's got to develop Trevor Harris, a rapport with Jake Wenicke, who had the most touchdown cats last year in the CFL with 11. And this year has done absolutely nothing due to injuries and him trying to get himself back in shape. So I think that is going to be key for them. But also missing William Stanback has hurt the running game, which took a lot of the question marks off of the quarterback play the last couple of years for what he did as a ball carrier. So I think for Dan Machocha, for Anthony Calvillo, they got to get that back in, in focus here because if they don't do that, Darren, going towards that Winnipeg game and that schedule in August is a little bit more trickier because they do have a bye week. By the time we hit Labor Day weekend where they play Ottawa uh, before we go into the weekend games that we have in the CFL, who knows? They might have three, maybe four wins at best by the time we hit that Labor Day break in early September. I can't imagine that happening, especially talent on that roster. And where they had built the last couple of seasons, it seemed like there was momentum coming with the organization. So I go to Danny Matocha, who takes over. And, and what sense are you getting in terms of what the game plan is there? For the future is is you know do you see Matocha finishing the season on the sidelines? Um, where do you see this going even beyond that? Yeah, he's going to finish the season as as the interim head coach for this year. They they don't I don't think they have the funds to go out there and get themselves a permanent head coach as we speak. And also, if there's a guy that they want from a different CFL team, you know it's going to be very tricky to kind of pry that out of there. So he'll be the guy for the for now. But it gives him a first hand look at what he has on the football field, right? So these guys, like they're not out of the playoff window yet, but. It, it makes sure it, it makes these guys to believe that hey, they have to play better. They have to show that they can be a part of this franchise moving beyond 2022. And I think for Dan Machocha, you know, 
Gary Jones wasn't his guy. So he'll get his chance to hire that guy. Whether it's Noel Thorpe, maybe Jason Moss could be in play as well, or someone else in that category. They will have to do a thorough job of interviewing guys from East Coast to West Coast, North and South, whatever it is. But I think for Gary Stern, the owner of this franchise, you know, Gary's a guy that has been very vocal on social media. We've seen it all throughout the course of this year. And if you recall, when he was introduced to the Montreal Alouette owner back in 2020 in January, he said Grey Cup, you know, and, and that's okay. Owners want to win Grey Cups or want to win the championship of the respective sports that they own of that team. And I just think now, moving towards the, the regime of Machocha for now, whoever he hires, it's got to be the right hire that's going to put sustainability back into this franchise of wins and making sure that Gary Stern is going to be happy about that. Because for all intents and purposes, Darren, if it flames out with Dan Machocha, where do they go next? There isn't anyone after that, though, in my book. So I think for Dan Machocha, he knows the pressure is probably on him to make that right call. And if they do find that right coach, Hopefully for him and for Gary Stern, it probably isn't to victories and maybe great cup appearances and hopefully a great cup or two along the way. Because if it doesn't, I mean, this franchise, we talked about it three, four years ago. They were on thin ice, and we don't want that to happen again for a team like Montreal that has a really strong football fan base here but has not seen that rekindled yet. And hopefully now with this new regime, it does happen. I don't want to turn this into, you know, let's start looking at the next coach. Let's be on this season. We're only a third of the way through, through the season, and the coach is, you know, the guy in charge. But, you know, a name I haven't heard enough of or, or, you know, what's the impact of Anthony Calvillo, you know, in the football sport? I know he's, his personality is more polite and quiet and reserved. And um, do you see Anthony Calvillo ever being a head coach in the Canadian Football League? Not right now. Not right now, Darren. I, I don't see that happening as we speak because – he, he was fast-tracked towards the OC job in 2015, 2016. He wasn't ready for it, you know, and it showed. And he went to University of Montreal uh, to kind of get himself more experience at that level. Uh, they had success at U of M with what he did, and, and now he's back in the CFL. I think for him to grow, this is a good opportunity to kind of showcase to the CFL world that his offense can be elite. It wasn't the case yesterday. I mean, in the weeks prior, two weeks prior against Edmonton, against Ottawa, they did put up 30-plus points. Uh, one-on-one in those two games. But in this game against Hamilton, it just shows uh, what this team can be as a negative uh, negative effect of what they want to be. So I think for him, play calling will be key. I think for him, he's got to make sure that he's got the pass blockers in place to give Trevor Harris that time needed. If that doesn't happen, it makes Harris look, look a little more lethargic on the football field and doesn't help their cause. So I think for Calvillo and for this staff here, they got to put together strong game plans. And we'll find out next week against Winnipeg. Winnipeg's defense is really strong. That front four are a bunch of NASCAR dreadnoughts out there. So if they get early off and going over there, uh, it could be a long day for Calvillo's offense trying to get that ball down the football field and scoring points against the defending champion, Great Cup Diamonds, that is. I did mention Gino Lewis, 8 for 154 yards in the loss last night. He's been a real bright spot for the Alouettes. I've loved watching Jeshurn Antwi play, too, the former Calgary Dino. Into a lot last night. He's been up and down, but getting some regular snaps. I like seeing that. Um, before I let you go, I want to talk about the Montreal Canadiens because they've had quite the offseason. Um, how, how is the city of Montreal with the Canadiens today? Because we were, Rod and I were in town, obviously, and they were in the Stanley Cup final, and that town couldn't have been higher. You know, and, yeah. and we know it's a Habs town as it is, but it was outstanding to go from that to the draft lottery and now back to where we are. Um, I think can use and what they've been able to do has been really tremendous during the offseason. I think they've had a really good offseason, and I think the path is set. But how do you see what the Montreal Canadiens have done throughout the stuff? Well, look, they're, they're seller mode right now, uh, Darren, for what they want to be. I mean, look, they, they you look at last year's game five loss at Tampa, uh, the back end of the defenseman that they had in that game. Only one remains, Joel Edmondson, from that lineup in game five uh, when they lost to Tampa. It's a remarkable 12-month swing of where they were to where they are now. And I think the fans here are okay accepting that, look, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gorton are going to try to build this team from scratch with a, with a plush full of prospects to work with. We know the one big fish out there that everyone would love to have in Montreal is Connor Bedard, who you know very well in your backyard in Saskatchewan. If they're able to get themselves Connor Bedard, I think that would elevate the, the hopes that this franchise is going the right direction. But now moving forward here, uh, guys like Brendan Gallagher, uh, guys like Paul Byron, 
uh, you know, you look at Mike Hoffman included, uh, Dadunov. These guys are guys that maybe they can offload come February at the trade deadline. And I think they're okay to accept a look as long as they're competitive and they give fans a reason why to come to the Bell Center on, on a nightly basis to watch this team play, fans will show up. But also now for Marte St. Louis, he had that honeymoon for three, four months as the interim head coach. Now he's a full-time head coach. He just hired Stefan Robidot to be his defenseman coach now, and he has no experience. Right now, the, the Habs staff right now, Alex Burroughs has the most experience, and now it's like a year and a half coaching for him at the pro level. So now for Martin St. Louis, the, the Rose Pels have been thrown at him, but if they go on a three-game losing streak or they go on a, on a goalless job, maybe four goals in ten games, whatever it might be, how does he react with the criticism in this city that will be thrown at him from the media, from the fan base, on how this team plays. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this team develops under Marquez St. Louis. It's a roll of the dice for Ken Hughes, right? Because I think for him being the GM of this franchise, people realize that, look, he may not be given the same leash as Mark Bergeron was given for 10 years, but he's got to make sure that these are the right moves he makes, whether it's the coach, player, through draft, acquisition, whatever it is, and that this team's going the right direction for him to be the GM of this franchise four years from now. You're right. It's a young staff almost like the frat house behind the bench you know he got these yeah, guys pretty much yeah and you right and we'll see how it works uh by all accounts you know martin st louis done a great job but you're right when he runs into adversity what are they going to do but i like the pieces they have i think the future looks pretty bright again in montreal before i let you go we got a couple minutes i wanted to yeah. give you an opportunity i know there's been a loss in the montreal soccer yeah, unfortunately, uh, big loss uh, for the city of Montreal and for the city, uh, province of Quebec. Jason Dutilio, uh passed away early uh, Friday morning uh, due to uh, brain cancer, and he fought this for, I think, almost two years. And uh, this is a man who was well-respected by many in, in the city of Montreal across Quebec. He played for Team Canada as well. Um, one of my buddies who played against him uh, said pound for pound was one of the best players he ever witnessed in the city. It's a big loss. It's a big loss for the community, big loss for CFMTL of the MLS. Because he was a part of their staff as an assistant coach um, when he got diagnosed with his sickness. And it's a big loss overall, uh, Darren. And for Jason Dottilio, you know, we send our condolences to his family and to his football family as well uh, on his loss. But no question, he left a huge impact on so many people, uh, male and female soccer players across this province of ours, and will be sorely missed by all in this province. Glad we got that in there, Mo. And uh, thank you. I hope you feel better and can enjoy the weekend, my man. I appreciate the <laughs> catching up. It was good to see it. Well, I got the the Alliance Saskatchewan Rattlers game tonight uh, on CBC Gem, so I have to be a okay for that. I got to pull out my Jordan for that game tonight, but I should be okay for tonight's uh, broadcast. Your flu game. It's my if, flu if game, which is a science flu game for me. Right, Les. If, if the voice goes, Les Lazarus in Saskatoon vinegar pack. He said, if you suck back a vinegar packet from the concession, you'll have a crystal clear voice for 20 minutes. So if you feel like punishment, there you go. I'll try my best to avoid that during the game tonight. Thanks, Mo. Take care, man. Have a great weekend. Ocon, PSN, Montreal, and uh, great to catch up with him. Text line is open, 902-518-3033. I said we'd get in there. I will get in there next. And also we're going to hear from Justin Dunk, I believe, who's lined up and ready to go from freedownation.com. We're going to talk to Justin after the break. This is the Rod Peterson Show, and the RP Show is presented in part by Edo Japan. With more than 160 restaurants nationwide, Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. We love ourselves some Edo Japan. Back with Justin Dunk from Freedown Nation after this, the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, welcome back to the Rod Peterson Show. I'm Darren DuPont in for Rod Peterson, who's taking a well-deserved day off. So uh, why don't you comment in right now with what you think Rod is doing on his day off? Why would Rod take a day off, and what's he doing with his day off? Let us know on YouTube or on the text line. You see it at the bottom of the screen, 902-518-3033. Text us with who you think is going, or what you think Rod is doing 
on his day off today. And uh, um, we're going to head to the YouTube chat. I've got it up here. Um, Randy in the peg says, I like the owner in Montreal, Gary Stern, he's referring to. Hope they turn it around and hope the fans support them. I hope so. Uh, Don Mitchell says that saw Gary tore a strip off the CFL slash TSN review booth on social media. What are your thoughts on that? He was asking Mo Khan. Well, we'll ask Justin Dunk that same question as we bring in the insider from FreedownNation.com. JD, good to see your face, man. Heard your voice the other day, but good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you live in person, buddy. You're rocking it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Gary Stern, does he have a case um, when it comes to the review booth and the concussion protocol and what, you know, people in Montreal are saying cost them the game line? That's fair. I get it from the Montreal perspective, but we got to remember player safety is of the utmost importance here, and the concussion spotter is going to err on that side. Now, you can understand where Stern is coming from. He's the owner of the team. His quarterback gets pulled off the field in what could have been the deciding play for the Alouettes. I totally understand it from his perspective. But when we all step back, and when the CFL has their offseason meetings and especially talks to the CFL Players Association, they're always talking about player safety. So I think we need to err on that side. I understand. I think he does have a point. But if we're going to protect the players, we got to do it even in the most difficult situation. And we don't mess around with head injury concussions. We know that. And I mentioned they're, they're putting those silly guardian caps on the players in the NFL, right? Practice and, and Rod was loosely joking, but it's all about protecting injuries. So that, you know, segues into Cody Fajardo, who's listed as number one on the depth chart. A, do you think that's legit and we're actually going to see Cody Fajardo play? And if so, what's the difference between the head and the knee? Is there no you know, risk to really doing more damage? And is it more of a pain thing? Or what's the real situation? First of all, the Rough Riders don't generally play mind games with their depth chart. So I got to take that at face value that if Fajardo is listed as the starter, that he's going to go. And he said all along that he's going to do everything he can to be on the field. And if it's up to him, he said early in the week, he's going to play. So you got to take Fajardo at his word. And you know, as for if he can do more damage to the knee, I was at the touchdown Atlantic game and post game. He said that he suffered a major setback to what we now know is that MCL ligament damage, medial collateral ligament in his left knee. So it's clear that that issue can get worse. And I still think I've been saying this for a number of weeks now. We've written it about it at threedownation.com that the prudent play would have been to sit Fajardo down for the Argos game last week, which he ended up being out due to being in COVID protocol, and this game this week against the Lions, because then you get the bye week, and then he almost gets a month off to heal that knee up for what is going to be a grueling stretch run with all the Western opponents that are on their schedule on the back part of that schedule for the Rough Riders. And if they want to win a home great cup this season and be hoisting that trophy at Mosaic Stadium in November, the best chance for them to do it, is going to be with a healthier Fajardo. So I think that's the prudent approach here, but it appears as so Fajardo is going to get the go. And if you're Rough Riders fans or even coaching staff Dickinson or Jamie O'Day, the general manager, you're literally crossing your fingers and toes and everything you can cross. He doesn't take another shot to that knee. Yeah, we'll be watching that extremely close, which brings me to our poll question today. And, you know, for you, which of the two games tonight and tomorrow is more intriguing? You know, is it that game with Saskatchewan, BC tonight, getting Nathan Rourke back, and what's Cody Fajardo going to do? And we're all on pins and needles about that knee, or is it the the heavyweight battle in the West with Winnipeg and Calgary? I love me some Canadian quarterbacks, and obviously Nathan Rourke has been great to start the season. But for my money this week, if you can only watch one of those games, it has to be the Blue Bombers traveling to face the Stampeders at McMahon Stadium to see if Calgary coming off the bye week can knock off the lone undefeated team left in the CFL. Oh, by the way, the two-time defending champs because that is going to have a major factor in terms of if Winnipeg is going to go run away with the West Division and hide and be able to rest some guys down the stretch or if Calgary is going to make it a real race for that top spot. That's how pivotal I believe that game is between the Stamps and Bombers. All right, looking forward to that for sure. 
I want to shift gears and get some NFL talk in here because I know you follow early closely. We'll start with CFL ties. You, you mentioned, and I saw it up at three down, but Braden Lenius was released by the Atlanta Falcons. Do you see him landing somewhere else in the National Football League? What do we know about the former rider receiver? It's difficult to see him potentially getting a contract elsewhere because he didn't get a chance to get any preseason NFL film. That would have been real critical for him to get picked up elsewhere. There were multiple other interested teams. And if you're Lenius now, you probably want to ride it out a little bit and see if you can get another NFL contract to get into training camp and possibly a preseason game because that could be critical for you going forward. You know, not even necessarily with that team, but just to have that on tape potentially get signed by the next team if you get released, if he does end up getting another contract in the NFL. So I would imagine he's going to play this out a little bit because he knows he can come back to the CFL and be a star. We all saw it with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but I think he's at a point now where if he's NFL-focused, he needs to take that shot. If nothing comes his way, then certainly, especially financially, it would be smart to come back to the CFL and make sure you're making money in your prime age but for me, because he was released so early, he's probably feeling like he's so close to getting an opportunity, to getting some film down there, even if it's a preseason, I think he sticks it out longer. Who else is would be in that class? Who else are we watching right now that you know may trickle back to the Canadian football league if things don't work out? Um, and, and who might you know CFL fans be sitting there waiting that potentially could be reinforced? The one guy that everybody's talking about is Chris Trevler, who signed with the New York Jets. And the Jets were actually trying to sign him before he had a brief stint with Miami Dolphins. This offseason went to organized training activities, got released by the Dolphins and the Jets. Pick him up. Now, it's a, I don't want to say stacked quarterback depth chart in New York, but it's one that has some experience, right? You got Zach Wilson, who the Jets been a high pick on. Joe Flacco has been a veteran, has won a Super Bowl. And then Mike White, who created some mania there last season when he started in place of an injured Wilson and looked pretty solid. So it's probably a real uphill battle for Strevler in New York to make that roster, but it'll be critical for him to get some preseason film, some fresh NFL film, and to try to show some other NFL teams that his arm has indeed been developing behind the scenes. You see on his Instagram, he's been putting in a lot of work. And I think that's a critical aspect here with the Jets. He gets signed by them, and even if he doesn't break camp with the Jets, him getting some preseason action, and from what I've been told, that should definitely be the case with Gang Green, could potentially benefit him. The one key here, dupes for Strebler, is he's six games away from securing that NFL pension that so many players want. That's all he need, needs is one accrued season to get that. So that's one guy that a lot of people in the CFL are watching because Strebler has said, if it doesn't end up working out in the NFL, he's definitely open to coming back to the CFL, but he's going to play out the NFL as long as he possibly can. That's important to know, and it's not something that we talk about a lot when it comes to you know fans and social media conversation. The NFL, that's a, that's a big deal. So outside of the CFL stuff, what camp battles in the NFL are you most, in, <coughs> excuse me, are you most, most interested in? Rod and I have batted around the Carolina Panthers in that quarterback battle. You know, between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Julio Jones just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to replace Antonio Brown, which gives him a third weapon. And, you know, if you can believe it, Julio Jones is going to be third on that, you know, depth chart of receivers behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Or your Buffalo Bills, man. I don't know if they're your Buffalo Bills, but, you know, they're the odds on betting favorites to win the Super Bowl. And people are, you know, USA Today, I think, had Buffalo going like 15 and three. So, you know, what's caught your eye the most a couple of days in? There's a lot of good stuff there, but I'll go to the group and Aaron Rodgers walking in like Nicholas Cage drew a lot of attention. But I'm most curious about who's going to be the number one receiver there for the Packers because they're going to get peppered with a bunch of targets if that's the way it goes. He sort of talked up Alan Lazard the other day after he walked in looking like Cage from Con Air, and I'm curious if it plays out that way. They selected Christian Watson high in the NFL draft. There's some Packers fans that I've talked to that really like him. And obviously the Packers did as well. So I'm curious to see if Lazard can take that next step. I don't think anyone's expecting him to be anywhere close to Devontae Adams, but he's been an intriguing guy who's had a little bit of injury trouble. 
but you would imagine with more targets could be very productive. So I think from a fantasy standpoint, he might be one of those value guys that you can get. So for me, that's where I'm looking just because Rogers, you know, is coming off another MVP season and Devonte Adams gets traded away and he knew that was going to happen, but he still comes back to green Bay and signs that massive contract. So he must have confidence in the receivers that are in the room. Alan Lazardi called him a Hall of Famer, and that was in response to Devontae Adams calling Derek Carr a Hall of Famer. So that's kind of fun. I love seeing that stuff go back and forth. Guys, we're going to go just a couple more minutes, and we're going to have a really small segment on the other side when I'm, when I'm uh, sitting there by myself for the final segment of Hour One. But rapid fire, this is going to be annoying, but I want to, I want to feed the fans here because that's what makes our show go. Nelson Hakowicz. Randy seemed very high in genius sports heading into the season, and their enhancement of league presentation seems underwhelming. Now, it's not something we've heard of a lot lately, but thoughts to Nelson's. Yeah, I've talked to some people recently that are really high on genius sports. They were actually behind, I don't think a lot of people know this, the Nickelodeon NFL games. And there are people that feel like genius sports is incentivized to drive revenue for the CFL because they're going to get a cut of it. In this deal they've come up with where they're, you know, part owner, I guess, for lack of a better term, with the CFL Ventures arm. So they're incentivized to bring in revenue for the CFL, but we got to see them do that in a tangible way. There's some things going on behind the scenes, but until the fans see it, there's going to be question marks. This was the annoying one, but we love Ryan because he watches every day and is a P1. So I will ask you his question. But he says, great job, Darren. I'm wondering, do you and Justin think Atlantic Canada expansion is still a possibility? And if not, where will the CFL go? It's been a couple of weeks now. It has, man. I sat down with Mike Savage, the mayor of Halifax, there for half an hour in his beautiful office in what they call Grand Parade, downtown Halifax. It's an awesome spot. And you could see a CFL team thriving there. But the conversation starts and ends with a stadium. Savage told me directly. There's no plans for a CFL-specific stadium, especially a stadium really of any kind outside the downtown area. Now, when Halifax Wanderers have set up the Canadian Premier League soccer team that's there, is on the Wanderers grounds. It's all temporary stands. I think it holds, you know, maybe nine, close to 10,000 fans. They pack it all the time. It's It's in what's called the Halifax Common Area. And Savage sort of alluded to it that if the CFL can I think play ball with the city of Halifax and understand that there's going to be a modified venue, then there's a potential for a stadium. But until there is any real talk of a stadium and public funds going towards one from the city of Halifax, then expansion just can't be talked about in a real way. Wait till we find a stadium and then we'll go from there. Justin, I appreciate this. Tell me about the the cottage and what's up for the weekend. It's a beautiful spot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We just got up here in Tobermory, just uh, close to Georgian Bay, as some people might know. It's our family cottage, man. So awesome to be up here. We got my nephews up here, Liam Elliott and my niece, Cohen. So we're going to have a lot of fun. They got some of their friends coming as well. Right on the water, I would turn around and show it to you, but I don't want to rub it in too much. So just hanging out <laughs> and having fun, you know, the Canadian long weekend at the cottage, buddy. What about you, Dukes? What do you got going on? Enjoy it, man. Hey, you know I'm coming out your neck of the woods, Montreal, and and then to Toronto. So uh, we'll connect uh, very, very soon, I'm sure. So I appreciate it. Enjoy the week. Yes, sir, buddy. All right. Justin Dunn from Free Down Nation. Live from the cottage. Before we break, 23 players representing eight members from across Canada have earned the opportunity to wear the Maple Leaf, the 2022 Alinka Gretzky Cup in Red Deer. July 31st to August 6th. Get your tickets today. That's the Holinka Gretzky Cup. I know you had the World Junior logo in there, but we'll get to that coming up next. The Rod Peterson Show here on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. All right, back to the Rod Peterson Show. Darren Dupont in for RP on a Friday, and it's rolling along. We're almost halfway through 
the show here. You can text us, 902-518-3033. Mike in Winnipeg has done just that. Hi, Rod and team. As a Bomber fan, I would love the Riders to finish fourth in the West. Firstly, so that they possibly don't have to record a crossover to the East and miss the playoffs. But secondly, a crossover, win the East, and it's a Bombers-Riders breakup. That would be wild. Cheers, Mike in Winnipeg. That would be wild if it was a Riders-Bombers breakup. We know it would be, and it would be jammed. YouTube, uh, Monty's watching uh, and uh, says hello. Um, Randy from the Peg has a suggestion on what Rod's doing on his day off. He says, Rod went for lunch with Paul on his day off, tacos, then back to the bunker. So kind of fun that way. Uh, Don Mitchell, um, promising CFL specifics, um, but he's looking at the expansion in uh, Atlantic Canada. Coming up next hour, Darren Bombing from Bonfire Sports in Winnipeg will tee up that big Bombers Stamps game, Jim Mullen from Football Canada, and more with you. We're through hour one. We'll be back after this, the Rod Peterson Show, Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and wherever you get your podcast. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.